Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, a chilly, warm welcome. Chilly and warm at the same time. <laughs> we're always warm, Anna, always. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're always warm in our hearts with a little saucy naughty. But yeah, my feet are cold. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got some lovely um, some lovely slipper booties on that are keeping my feet nice and toasty. Oh, beautiful. I had flip-flops on earlier and I thought this oh. is not cutting the mustard. It's not cutting the mustard. <laughs> so, um, Sarah, I think you're the same, but I have to turn my heat off uh, and because there's a circulating fan So for our recording, right? So mm. in the wintertime, uh, there's like at least an hour uh, where I'm freezing my ass off, <laughs> but it's for the podcast, right? So we are so committed. It's worth it. It's worth it. It is. So my feet are freezing, but uh, my brain and my heart are stimulated and warm. So that's why we do it. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Just wrap them in a little blankie. You'll be fine. Oh, yes. And my cat, actually, I tell I bring her onto my lap so that she can warm me up. Yes. Yeah. It's her job. She does very little else out around the house. <laughs> so this is her way to, uh, you know, put food on the table. <laughs> her contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So um, we're well on the descent into winter. How are you doing? Yeah, we're not bad. Actually, we had some glorious weather at the weekend, so that cheered mm. everybody up. Mm. Um, less glorious today, but um, I can still remember the beautiful sunshine and sunset of yesterday. Oh, so, lovely. Yes. Lovely. Very happy. Although um, I do have to say that I also binged watched a little um, Netflix series that broke my heart. Oh, which one? The Scratch or From from Scratch. It's called. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <gasps> I don't know anything do not, about this. Do not watch without a gigantic box of tissues is all I'm saying oh. to you. Do not watch it in public. Oh. Do not watch it with anybody else around to witness the hot mess that you'll end up in whilst watching it. <laughs> this is like quite a warning that I have not heard about other things. Mm. What sort of general subject matter does this Relationships. touch? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, relationships, family dynamics, the end of relationships. Well, yes, but for different reasons. Oh, my God. Anyway, I won't share anymore. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm already Um, already tearing up. If Mm. you want to watch something and have a good old cry, uh, go for it, is what I'll say to you. Oh, gosh. Okay, that's noted. Something that I saw, I think everybody's been on this. I I have been up till now briefly watching Apple TV because I was pissed off with Netflix's monthly increase. So I was like, screw you. I'm going to switch to Apple TV. Now that they're increasing their rate, I'm Mm. going to go back to Netflix. But anyways, right now, Apple TV, there's this series that I think everybody has already watched, Mythic Quest, quite a fabulous little thing, kind of like a fictional thing about sort of like a video game company and all the designers and all the uh, egos and chaos within. Mm. There's one episode, episode number five, that is kind of on trend these days. It actually, storyline-wise, completely departs. It's a non sequitur. Um, it's a different story that's set 20 years ahead of time uh, right. about a, a, a video game designer couple uh, who who have this incredible meeting um, based on sort of mutual respect, interest, and love. And then they 
you know, build this company. And one part of the couple is really true to the original vision of the video game. The mm. other sells out for money and the couple breaks apart. And at yeah. the very end, it shows them meeting by happenstance in a, in a video game company. She's moved on. She's gotten remarried. He hasn't. He shagged the blonde side piece of the movie mm. version of the video game. So he was the yeah. sellout. And it shows his regret about choosing money and fame over mm. relationship and authenticity yeah. and yeah. just the sadness um, of this little episode and relationship and about how uh, we got our, if we want to keep a relationship going, if we value it, we have to keep our eye on what's important. Yeah. Sometimes you get your lesson too late, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not to say that the breakup of a relationship is bad or that regret means that, again, we believe as coaches that everything is meant to be and trust the mm. process. And yeah. regret can mean that you just learned a really difficult lesson with very yeah. difficult consequences, but it was meant to happen. Yeah. 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 Oh, sadness. Well, yeah, sad oh. times all around. Oh gosh, sad times all around. Okay, well. Thankfully, I've not just been watching it, so I'm not crying right now, so that's good. And I watched this last night, so I was really sad last night, but I'm a little yeah. better today. Um, so, well, Relationship Desk of Love, are we going something uh, profound? Are we going something humorous? Where 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 is the Relationship <laughs> Desk theme and vibe at today? In the middle, I would say. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, today... I was reading this article, which is about quietly quitting. So you've heard about this quiet quitting thing in in mm -hmm. a work scenario, haven't you? Where people kind mm -hmm. of the work work more to rule. It's like I'm going to stop doing over and above. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go in. I'm gonna do the bare minimum. I'm just gonna get by. Or just acting your wage is is some yeah. is how people are actually talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this is now spread to relationships. <gasps> what? Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. So it says, <laughs> so it says in this article, quiet quitting has now come for relationships. And it goes, so it goes on to talk about how, kind of what that means. What does it mean in a relationship setting? So it means that I'm going to kind of do the bare minimum to show that I'm kind of being a partner, but I'm not actually physically, I'm not truly present. I'm not, there isn't that huh. same kind of meaning or um, integrity perhaps behind some of the actions. So, you know, it might be you always make a cup of tea. You're not making the cup of tea out of love. You're making it because there's a kind of sense of duty and that oh. if I stop making the tea, then what does that mean um, about the relationship? So I don't want to kind of ruffle any feathers. Mm. I don't want to kind of have any bumps to this, but I want to kind of slowly detach and step back from the relationship while still being in the relationship. Oh, God, this sounds terrible. This sounds, it's so funny, like acting your wage in a work setting for me is a really powerful coaching technique because it's getting out of that people pleasing. But then when you, but that's because we should all be working to live, not living to work, right? Our job should, we should go in there, get a salary, come on out, but relationship yeah, but oh. I think the, the difference is, though, it's the motive behind what you're doing. So if you're doing it because you want to put some healthy boundaries in place and you're sick of being taken advantage of and, you know, you want hmm. you want to find the right balance in your life, mm -hmm. if that's your motive, and, it, you know, I'm still kind of talking about that work scenario, then that's grand. 
right? Mm. Absolutely. You should be doing that. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it because you dislike your job, you can't stand it, you wish you weren't there, you're going to do the bare minimum so you don't get fired. It's not really a, a positive motive behind that, is it? Well, and you're right. Oh my gosh, you're blowing my mind. And now when we <laughs> transpose it to relationship. Yeah. Oh. So it's the same thing, oh, right? So if I'm yeah. doing it because I am sick of being taken advantage of, because I'm always the one that's doing, pulling the weight in the relationship, I'm always the one that's contributing, I give far more than my partner does. And then I'm taking a step back because I'm putting some healthy boundaries in place. That's one thing. I think the article's more referring to the latter of I'm kind of, I don't want to be in the relationship, but I'm not quite, haven't got the courage or the balls to actually pull out of it. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of do the bare minimum. I'm going to coast on by, things will be okay. Even worse though in this article, right? Which I just thought was terrible. So it goes on. So the, the article's consulting with a relationship coach and she shares this example of, um, there's a bit of a conversation in, inside the article that says, well, actually, haven't we been doing this for years? And I think we have. Mm. I think in relationships, we often don't face up to things. We're kind of just, we find an mm. equilibrium that we're okay with. It's not bringing us happiness, but we kind of find that and we we live, um, you know, in coexistence together. Mm-hmm. So she gives this example of a, of a client that she had that had been married for 26 years, mm. but was locked into this relationship that she just didn't really kind of enjoy she knew that her marriage wasn't making her happy and yet the fear of the unknown of what was on the other side of it um she she just stayed and she created this life where she basically lived separately but parallel lives with her husband Mm. so that's an extreme (gasps) case of of that playing out but i just think how sad is that like 26 years to be and it doesn't specifically say that she was unhappy for 26 years but She's clearly got to a point and at whatever point on that spectrum she's got, she's reached that level to then be in that environment and just kind of coexisting without any kind of love or connection or commitment or true, I don't, true relationship in the sense of it. It's, Mm -hmm. I find it really sad. Oh, that is. And especially, yeah, you're right. If the motive is actually kind of like ghosting, like I'm withdrawing and pulling back and pulling back. So I'm going to make you fire me or leave me. Yeah. But guess what happens? Mediocrity breeds mediocrity. And then both people are stuck in the fear and shame cycle and they stay. So I think it was Mark Manson who wrote this like kind of crazy article, but it's true is like, we are showing up for what we actually value every single day. So when somebody is like, oh, I really value travel. Well, do you honor that value? No, I just don't have time or money. I can't travel. I don't have enough time. Mm. So you're when you're choosing not to honor a value, you're choosing to put your time and energy into something else. So call it a value. So this person is obviously thinking that they maybe they they think they value connection and love and a strong mm. relationship and working hard, communication, uh, commu- you know, rapport building. But what they're actually doing is they're paying energy and time into people pleasing. What other kind of values might be in that sort of just like what are their when somebody is just tolerating and is just doing the bare minimum what are they at what values are they maybe not values that I would aspire to I don't think that values as such I think it's um it's more kind of dishonoring your true um your true happiness because Mm, dishonoring your true happiness and I think you become numb in that situation right so Mm -hmm. you you and it's interesting this has a link to the hot topic that we're going to come on to in a minute but 
um you you know you shut down you um it's it's almost you you turn off any of that connection that feeling that emotion mm-hmm. um because it's easier just to go through a, a set process of, you know on a daily mm-hmm. basis there's probably a routine involved here where you go just go through the motions but any of that kind of sparkle the the fun side the happiness the the bits that bring the smile to your face that make you want to get up every day mm-hmm. those bits are clearly can't be there yeah Gosh, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. Yeah. That's terrible. But it's in, yeah. it's interesting the way that we, um, you know, we pick up on these popularized um, phrases. So, uh, and then you can obviously kind of morph them to lots of different situations. But as the article says, this kind of stuff has been happening for years anyway. So It, it has. And, and I like what you're saying is if it's time to draw some healthy boundaries, great. If you're checking out, becoming numb, yeah. and with the intention of somebody else, like, I'm, I, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm going to make the other person decide yeah. for me. Or, or that kind of, like, putting it off. So, you know, eventually I will. When's the right time? Yeah, yeah. Never. Why not yeah. today? You know, that whole conversation of, oh, it's not really the right time to split up. It's interesting. <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody at the weekend who was who was sharing some information about uh one of their family members and I said well I said you've got to be careful because you're approaching the transfer window soon so you won't be able to split with anybody oh <laughs> so do you do you know the about transfer the transfer window? window no so you know in in football they have oh. this um transfer window where they're not allowed to transfer players between teams oh. so that they, they have like a cutoff and you've got a deadline and you if you're gonna kind of transfer them then you've got to do it at a certain time so there was this um same principle was applied to relationships as we head towards the holiday period oh so that <laughs> there comes a point oh. and i don't know i think it's somewhere kind of like I'm a, around american thanksgiving like the 21st of november well yeah possibly although in the uk because we don't do thanksgiving it would be around kind of christmas period so probably yeah. around the i don't know 10th of december something like that because uh-huh. like, there's got to be enough of a window to get over the um sadness then before you kind of reach Christmas. Otherwise, you're locked in. You've got to stick with it. Hmm. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> I think it would be here because we talk about trading players, like in the yeah. sort of North American uh, sports teams. So the mm. trade window. Yeah. All right. So with the trade w- window coming up, so maybe you need to do this quiet quitting over the holidays until the trade mm. window gets back open again. Yeah. Okay. oh my god it's so true it's so true oh my gosh it's so true it's so true like because as I'm coaching clients both in relationship Mm -hmm. and in career everybody is battening down the hatches to keep status quo it it's absolutely a thing we're not making any major changes yeah yeah coming up totally do across the board right in everything um where we just go oh you know we just need to keep things going and then after Christmas that's the time in January, fresh start. It's dry we'll January. It's dump your crappy partner January. It's <laughs> lose 50 pounds January. Oh, yes. There's a lot of heavy weight on January. <laughs> and that's the divorce, so right? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. so true. Yeah, the divorces just spike in January. So everything, yeah. it's a shakeup. Yeah, it is. And you know what? We have limited energy. So if my clients are like, I choose to do nothing and conserve my energy until the trade windows comes up. I'm like, you go, girl. Or you go there, friend. We're always in choice. We're always in choice. As I say repeatedly, we are always in choice. Yes. All All right. right. (laughs) 
<laughs> should, Holy we, uh, should we go to a hot topic that oh. is um, surprisingly linked? As always, yes, indeed. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Today's hot topic. Are you emotionally available in your relationship? Is this the trade window? <laughs> the transfer window? Oh my God, this is awesome. I love this. I love this. What a baton pass to the hot topic, hey? Uh, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so can I start by asking you, yes. what does emotionally available look and feel like? Yeah, so I guess I'll flip it the other way. So if you're not if you're not emotionally available, so if you're unavailable, this is about not being comfortable with your feelings um, and your thoughts and your emotions. You're also not, so you're not comfortable with them. You're not comfortable, pro, you're not able to process them. You're not able to talk about them. Um, you would shy away from any of those discussions. You're also not capable of dealing with somebody else's emotions and um, and dealing you know, with, with them, either sharing them or witnessing somebody else's emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's this total, imagine it is just kind of, somebody's just put this invisible force field and nothing's going to penetrate. It's not coming in, it's not coming out. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not letting it flow. I am shutting down. I am not having any part of that. And we're going to avoid any discussions that involve me telling you how I feel. I also don't want to hear how you're feeling because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. not my bag. Yes, this might be a pattern that you carry from relationship to relationship. I'm also going to say that if you have been emotionally available in a past relationship, this could also be a sign of abuse, of being in a manipulative or abusive relationship, if it's not a safe place, a psychologically safe Mm. place to be emotionally available. So a shutdown might be something preserving because you're not safe. Yeah, but generally we see this where it's it is something that people do take from relationship to relationship because they haven't dealt with some of the past shit that's gone on so Mm -hmm. whether that is in a prior relationship where you have you know been hurt you've been through some sort of traumatic experience and that has caused you then to distrust other people Mm -hmm. or it could be something that comes from your childhood so if you didn't witness people sharing emotions, if everything was kind of, you know, buried under the carpet, it was shut out the front door, we're not kind of, you know, always a brave face or always mm. a happy smile on. Mm-hmm. You never learned that behavior. You've never learned how to be able to be in those uncomfortable situations because mm-hmm. we perceive it as uncomfortable when we're dealing with some of the more difficult emotions. Mm-hmm. Like it's quite easy to often to deal with with happy emotions, although often you'll find that you know people will struggle with that as well it's kind of I just need a balance I don't need anything that's kind of too high or anything that's too low Mm -hmm. I just want a level that I'm comfortable with um and any sort of expression of emotion is too is too difficult to deal with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if we haven't had the right role models to tell us kind of how that is then it's understandable that we're going to want to shut that stuff down oh that's a great explanation So the thing that really throws people off and makes them not aware of that pathology makes it so that we do carry that from relationship to relationship is the early, that flush, that glow of the initial relationship that actually masks our emotional unavailability Mm. and makes us feel artificially like we're actually deeply connected with a new partner. So what's that new partner vibe? 
why does that sort of mask the fact that we're emotionally available? What happens in a new relationship to mask that? So that's all your chemicals that are kind of hitting off, aren't they? And we naturally want to be, we want to be attracted to, to other people. We want to form connection int- yeah. intimate connections yeah. we want to feel like we've got a bond like there's something mm-hmm. that connects me to you we see it you see it across the board it's not just in intimate relationships we see it in friendships as well we see it in co-workers mm-hmm. we're always seeking out somebody who makes us feel like we're bonded in some way mm-hmm. and and during that kind of initial flush that date in period we're looking at all the things that we really like about the other person it may be small things like the way that they smile or the way that they laugh flick their hair I don't know I really like the trainers I really dig the shoe collection <laughs> could be anything right whatever's floating your boat mm-hmm. um what was it you said your sister had <laughs> oh knees she loved yeah a knees. guy in a good pair of sweatpants and good kneecaps yeah sexy so, kneecaps yeah, to all the so soccer players got... out there <laughs> <laughs> so we've all got these things that kind of draw us in um we watched a program last night about uh, humans and um, human experiments and, and they were looking at if you were would be more attractive if you, um, people would be more attracted to you if you were funny. Um, so uh-huh. they did this kind of split um, test and of course the, the, fu- the funny people or the funny version of the same person because they mm. did it in two different groups. Um, scored higher on the attractiveness so mm-hmm. you know there are there are various things that we're looking out for in a relationship and so in those initial stages we're putting our best foot forward we want to impress the other person so we'll be more attentive we'll be more mm. funny we'll probably make a bit more effort with our appearance we'll you know if you girls or boys put on a bit of makeup kind of mm-hmm. you know you'll you'll preen you'll bring your best mm-hmm. self and then slowly you'll clean you know, the bathroom yeah exactly you'll exactly. wax you put on fresh <laughs> pants <laughs> yeah yeah not there's defuzzing goes on there's all kinds the of shenanigans that we you've do. got it you've got it um the foxy but, the foxy box um wax bar here in toronto <laughs> probably sees a lot of new relationship people yeah exactly the foxy box <laughs> <laughs> but you know over time these things kind of it's it's high energy to, to kind of keep it at that level all the time so things kind of then start to come down a bit and then and that's natural and also the the kind of those initial euphoric hormones that are kicked off they start to settle a bit as well mm-hmm. and um and then we're left with the kind of true underlying person mm-hmm. um and and it's in that stage then that we start to we start to kind of notice things a bit more we we maybe start to have some deeper conversations mm-hmm. because in the initial stages I'm talking about what cinema do I fancy what Netflix do we want to watch where should we go for dinner mm-hmm. all the nice kind of parts but they're very they're you know they're very superficial they're at the top top layer and level of a relationship they're not mm-hmm. the kind of deep and meaningful of um you know something tragic has just happened to me I'm feeling really upset and I come home and I want some support from you or mm-hmm. I ring you because you're you know you're my first port of call and you're not there you're not available you can't deal with that mm-hmm. there we get kind of a bit of a shock then because we think hang on a minute, this wasn't um, the lovely, happy-or-lucky, nice person that I mm-hmm. um, that I started this relationship with. I, I'm seeing a different side. And we will have presumed uh, we'll, we'll have presumed about that partner, how they would deal with us. 
and and often we'll be doing that from a case of how we want to be dealt with mm-hmm. and how we want to be supportive in that relationship and we we presume that that's what they're going to do mm. and it's a bit of a shock when when they don't mm. yes 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 so a question for you how do we smell the scent of our own bullshit if we start to realize like maybe i have this situation where I'm where I'm becoming emotionally unavailable mm. as the flush of a new relationship starts yeah. to fade and the real me in a long-term relationship starts to come out I'm no, I'm mm. I can acknowledge a pattern so how does one transition how does one do the work to be able to transition from that new relationship into that deeper emotional availability the the, the oh, really yeah. genuine I mean, you've got to face your fears, but I often think before we can face any fears, we need to be totally aware of what we're doing. And I think that's that's the trick, right? So we're not always aware. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, we just kind of have these moments. We have these thoughts and feelings that come up. Um, we feel kind of terrified on the inside. Um, we don't know why this is the problem. Um, so we just kind of, you know, we have a default, um, a default reaction to that situation. So we'll see things like, um, so these are some kind of telltale signs that I'm, this is what I'm doing if I'm kind of behaving in this way. So I'll start to avoid things. I'll avoid conversations about the future because, um, you know, generally if I'm not emotionally available, I'm not also kind of fully, fully ready to commit and jump in with both feet. So I kind of want to keep you at arm's length a bit um my behavior might become a bit erratic as well I might kind of on one hand um you know really think oh god I really love this person and I can feel these emotions but then something will happen that causes me to put the brakes on so there's this kind of flip-flopping that goes on and that's really like disconcerting for the other person because they ain't got a clue what's going on it's like one minute you're this the next minute you're that I don't know so there's this kind of flakiness that comes with it um and this this fear this you we often when we describe fear we can feel it we can feel it's visceral inside the body it's um you know or this kind of deep unhappiness might come up and and again we'll get kind of a blockage somewhere in the body so me for me it's my throat always and that's about communication um (laughs) so but you kind of you know you can feel it you can feel a sense of uneasiness or a block somewhere in your body so it's looking out for kind of some of those signs this kind of hot cold behavior this uh wanting to avoid certain um subjects changing the subject um maybe i kind of you know pause the relationship for a bit and then i'll kind of slowly i'll come back to it so i might kind of temporarily um kind of ghost my partner or make excuses to not spend time together so there's all these kind of signs and i and and then it is about really working through where where does that come from? Because if you can find the origin, we can get rid of it and we can move on from it. And you might always still have that pattern, that tendency. But this goes back to the fact that we're always in choice, right? So if we know that that's what we're doing and we know that we're always going to have that tendency to be like that, what choice do I have in that moment? I have a choice to give in to that or I have a choice to say, nah, this is just something from my past and um, I'm not letting you win this time because I actually like this relationship and I'm going to persevere with it. I'm going to try and open up a bit more and I'm just going to test test it out and see where it goes. Mm. That is really great in terms of kind of, it, you're, you're essentially giving a list of symptoms to look out for so that you mm. can start to notice that, that 
boomerang sort of turn flip around that you're going to experience if you have issues with being emotionally available. And I think what you're also highlighting is there's times when you're very available. Uh, You'll feel very loving. You'll say loving words, connecting words, or acts of service, acts of love, quality time, physical touch. That again, the love languages, you'll speak in terms of love languages, and then you're going to sort of boomerang whip back out again if it feels scary. And then you're going to withdraw and become emotionally unavailable. Uh, Usually, because the thing is, is that if you tend, if you say something loving or act in a loving way to somebody, the right somebody who's into you, they're going to respond in kind with things that are actually terrifying with loving words and gestures and affirmations. So it's the receipt um, you plant some seeds in the garden. It's like yeah. the flowers start to bloom and you cut off all the flowers because you're terrified of the garden. Well, if they were sunflowers, I'm in total agreement. Oh, is that really? <laughs> is it because yes. sunflowers are invasive? Oh, What's... I'm terrified of sunflowers. I think we've got scary looking faces. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> okay. Isn't that funny? But anyway. <laughs> that is. So my favorite flower are Gerberas. That's my favorite. Oh, I like, yes. I like Gerberas too, yeah. are lovely. Yes. So imagine that you've yes. got yellow, red, white, and pink Gerberas, right? Yes. Not sunflowers. So no, not switching sunflowers. Our, our, as we look out into the garden that we're sowing the seeds for, we're starting to see Gerberas growing up. We're not fearful of the sunflowers mm. growing up, which is a very bizarre <laughs> thing to be scared of, but I love it. I'll <laughs> run with that analogy. Um, I think that also speaks to the avoidant attachment style as well. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's it. yeah, 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 and and all of that comes from your kind of relationship that you had with your primary caregiver when you were um, when you were young. So all of that was formed mm-hmm. um, in your very very formative, um, you know, early years of ch- of childhood. So it's understandable, and I think that kind of to and fro in is because you want, we, as we say, we want to be bonded, we want to be connected. So and we will often show love. We show it in a different way, you know. It's a bit like some people are real heart people, some people are real head people. Mm-hmm. And so we'll show things in, in a different way. But then because we feel uncomfortable with emotions and emotional conversations, when somebody then plays that back to us in a way that we're not, we don't feel able to receive, then that absolutely terrifies the living daylights out of us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. So you mentioned that you have a choice. You can either withdraw and pull back and pull into the turtle shell and become emotionally unavailable, or you can lean in. So what's the, what is the fear? Imagine that you are feeling particularly amorous and you feel very connected to somebody and you express that to somebody. And then you start to see their feelings coming back at you. And the the temperature is rising in terms of that feeling of connection and, and rapport between you. You got two choices. You can either sort of run away, which is what you Mm. usually do, or you can start to lean in. What is the fear of leaning in? Like, let's say I keep adding to the momentum of love and connection and getting closer. That avoidant person, what is their deepest fear if they lean in as opposed to running away? That it's not going to work, that I'm not going to be accepted, that the relationship won't have a long term um won't have any longevity and and I've and I've I've popped myself in there and then I'm going to feel humiliated I'm going to feel oh. foolish all the shame comes up oh. it's much easier to say I can keep you at the end of my arm there because that's kind of that's my safety length that's where I know that oh. I'm comfortable 
I'm not really fully invested, but I am actually is the problem. And I can I can leave at any time. Um, it, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't need to talk about my emotions is the other thing. You know, they're not really that important. Why does it matter? We can, we have a nice time together. We enjoy each other's company. We don't need all that deep and meaningful shit that you're bringing to my door. Oh, <laughs> there's, yeah. So there's all these stories that we tell ourselves yeah. about, about what it means. But but we do know, the reality is, we know, and we know this from lots of research and studies, we know that the more we can open up to somebody, the more we can give um, our heart to them and, and to share some of those deeper feelings, those insecurities, those the, the moments that bring us pure joy and, and happiness and the, and the moments that, that don't, that bring us deep sadness, all of that full range of emotions, the more that we can share that with other people, the more they will share back with us and then the deeper the connection, the stronger the bond and the more we can weather some of the shitty times that come because they come in every relationship. It doesn't matter how great you're mm. feeling right now, that feeling of, of euphoria will not last forever. It's mm. that life isn't like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's actually really cool because I think the avoidant person's fear, the, the what they think they fear is that if I continue to allow myself to get closer and to feed that closeness of our growing, yeah. growing relationship is that that person, that my partner is going to become clingy and take all my time and all my energy and I won't have any oxygen. I won't be able to breathe. I'll feel mm. stifled. I think yeah, that's yeah. what they think. Yeah. But the fear of what you're saying is, no, that person will see me. I will yeah. be exposed. I will yeah. be vulnerable. I might be rejected. Yeah. Once they know me and see me, then they might, they, then they'll reject me. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Because that's your yeah. pattern of how, lo- that, that's how you have learned that love works. So the best thing to do is to protect yourself right up front. Because it's conditional. Somebody, your belief yeah. is that people won't love you unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll reject you once they get to know you, yeah. uh, th- uh, this belief that you're deeply unlovable or fundamentally unlovable. Yeah. Oh. I, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of us know avoidant, uh, yeah. personalities. I don't know if it's, it's a lot harder to, to identify yourself as such. Yeah, it is. I mean, but there's stuff out there that you can do. There's, um, you know, if you look at attachment theory and attachment styles, you'll find, um, you know you'll find information and you and and it's actually quite clear once you kind of read it and understand it there's a great book on attachment theory I'll put um I shall remember now that I'm saying this to put a link in the show notes um because it is really good and it it explains the theory quite well it's quite an easy read as well it's not too too heavy um Mm -hmm. on consumption and actually when you kind of start to talk about it you go oh yeah okay I can see where I am and mm-hmm. and remember, these are these are predominant styles and the and the styles that come out when you feel under threat. They're not necessarily always there. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we can read these things and go, "Well, that's not really me because I'm not like that all the time." I, you know, but you may have moments of that and moments where that mm-hmm. that behavior is then triggered and you and you feel more unsafe and therefore you start to express some of those behaviors, you know, more than you would ordinarily. So it doesn't mean. When we're looking at some of these things, I mean, we're painting a, a bleaker picture because we're trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't generally, you, you won't be feeling like that all the time. You won't be displaying those mm. behaviors all the time. So it's not, and and we often think, oh, well, that makes me a bad person. You're not a bad person. Mm. Um, there are just some behaviors that may be unconducive to a long-term relationship. That's all it is. Mm. Um, and those behaviors can be overcome if, if you want to. 
because nice. you've always in choice but there is mm-hmm. you know there's hope on the other side of it because as we say kind of time and time again awareness is the key right and that's what you get through that coaching conversation those you know any kind of self-exploratory work that you do you're going to gain greater awareness about who you are why things show up the way they do and why behaviors can kind of come on this loop that okay isn't necessarily always helpful right right ah okay I like it and I like the hope yeah I think awesome we do, we've got to kind of temper I mean we're we're ex- we're explaining things from quite a kind of um extreme um position because we're trying to get across a point so it's kind of more exaggerated this isn't mm-hmm. you know we don't show up that way kind of day in day out in a relationship so there is you know we've got to look at the longer term and if we believe that we're always in choice then we've got a choice about about what happens in the future and whether we um you know we we choose to work on those behaviors but there is hope get nice. anything's possible right like yeah we're, we're amazing um creatures as human beings yeah and we shouldn't underestimate that yeah oh I love that very much okay mm it's so easy to kind of just settle into this feeling of like everything's broken, the glass is half empty, but really not true at all. No, absolutely Mm. not. Okay. Nice. Okay. That makes me feel very nice. Mm. So we, um, are you ready for a question? Let's do it. For today's question. My partner confides in everyone else about our relationship, but she won't talk to me. I overheard a conversation she had with her friends. How the F do I deal with this? <laughs> How the F indeed. Oh mm. gosh, yeah. I do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think, my gosh. Well, we all do it to a degree where we'll want to sound off we'll want to have a kind of vent we want somebody to agree with us to take our side to say yeah they're terrible you're amazing yeah (laughs) we want that validation we want all of that but you know from the the listener's perspective that's writing in and, and asking this question it I mean it just so links with the with the hot topic there about that kind of emotional availability and being able to talk about what's happening and share that with your partner Mm -hmm. and often we can we can be we're able to do that with friends because we don't quite feel the same um whether it's judgment or investment or risk Mm -hmm. um than we do by sharing those feelings with our partner yeah it's more of a risky business it is risky And as I've learned recently, it's one thing to say, oh, I'm definitely going to get a divorce. And it's quite another thing to actually file for divorce. There is so much distance and such a different mindset between those two concepts. Mm. They are not closely linked together in in space. Same as I'm going to bitch about my relationship to my friends is, I'm going to be honest, words are cheap. So easy. Mm. There's no action behind it. No action required. It's, you know, words without action. It's a totally different planet in space to actually start to share the same sentiments with your partner with the purpose of action and moving forward. Totally different mindset. And I'm going to call out my own behavior in that. If I'm bitching with my friends, I have no intention of action. Mm. There's no intention of action. Um, So 
I don't want to have, I, I want to call myself out to say it's not on the continuum of like, well, I've started talking to my friends. So therefore it's just a little hop, skip and a jump over to start talking to my partner. Not oh, even no, in the it's same a massive ballpark. Jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a massive jump. There's no consequence to telling your uh, friends about what's going on. There's not. Um, it's what we do. To, yeah. You get to share just your side of the story, your version of events, like, yeah. Um, you, you get to make that whatever you want it to be. Um, yep. you get to pick and choose the bits that you, uh, that you vocalize and, and share totally. and are open about. Now, when we have that same conversation with our partner, we know that there are some bits that they're going to say, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that might be true, but what about this thing over here? Mm-hmm. So we know that they're potentially going to bring up some things that we maybe omit from the conversation <laughs> that we have with friends. So, so we can see yeah. exactly why it happens. I think for the person that's writing in about this is I'm sensing kind of some anger, some frustration, like why didn't they confide yeah. in me? Why are they kind of having these conversations outside the yeah. relationship? And, and I can sense that there's, yeah, there is hurt. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's that anger, that Betrayal. frustration, that annoyance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage them to move beyond that. And it's really hard to do when it might take kind of a bit of processing in order to get there. Because for everything that happens, there's a reason that it's, that it's begun. So there's a reason. So I would encourage them to kind of, you know, turn the mirror back and say, what is it about our relationship that meant she couldn't come to me first? Why was mm-hmm. I not the first point of contact mm. for this discussion? Hmm. I like that. And I think the other thing too is, is maybe being in compassion because we've all been whinging Absolutely. to friends. Yes. And, and so there may be an opportunity for you to gently invite your partner to a conversation to say, look... Yeah. You know, and you're basically inviting them to put their money where their mouth is. Like, are you ready to start to have a conversation with me around some of the, or what might you need to feel safe? Yeah. To, drawing on your point, why have I not been the first point of contact and how yeah. can I change that? How do I, exactly. how do I, how do we establish more psychological safety to be yeah. able to have this kind of conversation? Yeah, exactly. We've got to move away from that kind of blame side, you know, of, mm-hmm. I want some justice in this because yeah. I feel like you've done me wrong. Yeah. Like if we can yeah. move away from that and instead think about it from a, how, how do I get a satisfactory outcome to this? How do I, it, you know, and this is assuming that, you, that you're happy with the relationship and you want mm. the relationship to continue. How do I get to that space then so that we do feel more comfortable and confident talking to each other mm-hmm. about some of the challenges that we might face? So how do I encourage you to open up a bit more? Mm-hmm. how do I create an environment where you feel like it's okay and we've talked about similar similar things on the podcast before you know it might be that initially it isn't about a face-to-face conversation you know maybe it's about sharing some text messages and it feels like a cop-out and you feel like mm, it's not kind of how we want to communicate but any communication is better than no communication mm-hmm. so how can we take the first step how can we you know, write each other a little letter, whatever it is. Um, if that face-to-face thing is is too much in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that going back to what you said about being invited to have a conversation, I think that's really, really important because often if we feel like we're not able to vocalize what's going on, if somebody actually asks a direct question or mm. in a in a soft way, not in a kind of <laughs> I'm pointing the finger gotcha. way, mm-hmm. um, then it, cre- it, it allows me to at least kind of maybe like a little minuscule share kind of the tiniest bit of information with you which then will you know evolve into a bit of a conversation hopefully or mm-hmm. next time I'll take an even deeper step 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the challenge, if you would like to accept it, is that if you are inviting somebody to a conversation, it's the same that I, if I'm working in my career coaching with, um, with managers, Mm. is that if you have a direct report and you invite them to an yeah. honest conversation about direct feedback, yeah. um, that whatever they tell you, you walk away from that conversation saying, thank you so much for sharing. I will think yeah. about this and get back to you. Because our first instinct is to answer in the defensive and, yeah. and to actually awesome. start to shut them down. And yeah. that's what takes away from the psychological safety is that your partner is then like, see, every time I start to open up to you, you immediately shut me down with, oh, this is why you've got it wrong. Your perception is wrong. I'm right. It's because we come in with the defensive. You have to settle down to think, listen, and say, thank you so much for sharing this with me. I'm going to process that. Could we get together for another conversation? Walk away from the situation. Yeah. You know, I'm working with a client who's quite fabulous and their sort of takeaway in all this is I have to, I have to understand that there is a more than 0% chance that when my partner brings something up to me that they're concerned or hurt about, that there's a more than 0% chance that they're actually in, there's something about that that's right. Mm. And so that's what I have to, because I'm always like, oh no, you know, you've got me wrong. No, just if there's a more than 0% chance that there might be something right in what they're saying, Mm. accept it and then process it offline if you have to, and then come back to a conversation where you can actually, again, respond, not react. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this is like super easy when we're just having a conversation (laughs) and podcast about it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm so defensive and reactive. There's been so many times where I've not created like safety. And that's the reason why I've had a stonewalling partner. And they're like, well, see, I don't tell you stuff because you get immediately like, you do this thing. Well, there's a great saying, which is, um, we teach other people how to treat us. Oh, yes. Yeah. So if your partner is stonewalling you, well, that stonewalling is like one of the four sort of nails in the The coffin, the uh, Gottman Institute. At the same time, yeah, stonewalling is a learned behavior. It's mm. whenever I, I, I know how to navigate somebody by stonewalling them because whenever I try to talk, they shut me down or they yeah. dismiss me or they invalidate me or whatnot. And that might've yeah. been that your mother used to do that. And so you stonewall yeah, yeah, with every pattern. relationship. Yeah, it's a pattern. It's, it's it doesn't a even have mechanism. to be the constant. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is don't try to get even, don't then go off yeah. with your mates and start slagging off your partner and be like, oh, yeah. what a crazy bitch. Which is a normal <laughs> reaction, right? We can get it and you yeah. might need a bit of venting time just to get maybe some of the kind of, you know, some of that kind of real anger and aggression out if, if it's there, because otherwise it's yeah. going to come up in the conversation. But, yeah. you know, get back to what do, what do you want? So I always think like if we look to the future, what is it, what is it I want? And how do I set us up for success in that? So how do I get that outcome? Mm-hmm. And, you know, does if I go down this route, is that going to get me there? Or if I go down this route and, you know, look at a couple of different scenarios and options and play them out, like, and we kind of know, like, we know how things will play out if we act in a certain way. Mm-hmm. The tricky thing is, is that in the moment where we have that initial reaction, mm that's the hardest part to to manage Mm -hmm. but again you know going back to hope it is possible Mm -hmm. we don't see people reacting all day every day on the street so we know that it's that we're capable as humans of doing it yeah that's true oh okay (laughs) (laughs) 
food for thought. Yes, indeed, indeed. Oh, not easy. And yeah, but. lots of linkages today on the podcast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Particularly serendipitous today, which basically means that I got my ass kicked in the same way from different directions. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sarah, right. thank you for the ass kicking of, uh, of, of the lifetime today. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and we, um, and we survived the Hoover. Oh my gosh. Indeed. indeed. Anna has had some interruptions on her side. We've had some moments of pauses <laughs> that, um, that you lovely listeners uh, don't have to be party to <laughs> will not approve yeah you'll not know because uh i i'm i do the editing so i yeah, get to take away the hoover sounds the vacuum some sounds seamless expert editing from seamless my, uh, editing my lovely podcast host it th- well yes but this damn vacuum like somebody decides to vacuum outside my hallway like every time we record and at no <laughs> other time so i don't know like is our pot i don't know uh it's just the universe just welcomes the vacuum whenever we start podcasting. It's, we will not be silenced, though. Jordy Lass and Doc Sass will continue on unscathed. Yes. <laughs> Bringing truth across nations. And now to Ireland. Yes. Again. Welcome to our uh, newfound guests uh, or listeners from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to check out which other locations we've got. Shall yes. We? Yes. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Alrighty, well, my belly is calling and oh. says it needs some food time. A little bit of food. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, till next time. Till next time. So, that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.